what is up? Welcome in. Thank you for joining us. This is DFS and Chill, Club Fantasy's weekly DFS show. Though we kind of let you down last week. Family emergency, pet emergency, family always comes first here. So don't you worry about that. We're back for week eight. And by we, I of course mean myself, Ryan Weiss, the host, and the way more important person, the CEO of Club Fantasy's DFS and the creator of this show, my friend, Kira Wytrowski. Kira, how are you tonight? Guys, I'm doing really good. I'm happy to be back in action here. I know we had to take that little small hiatus. You know, there was a little life got in the way, dog, you know, who cares, you know, but we're back, you know, it's Halloween this weekend. Um, I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into, I don't really get into it too much like I used to. So it's not all that thrilling. Uh, Just really going to pass out candy, probably sweat out the Sunday slate. (laughs) Maybe I fully expected you to be in costume for this. Yeah. You know, I thought about it for a second, but I'm like, yeah, I'm just not really all that into it anymore. So whatever. We have some scary good picks for you. Chilling with us tonight is DFS superstar, fantasy pros writer, and expert ranker, John Hesterman. What's up, John? It's good to see you. Long time no see since uh, Canton. I believe we met yeah. there. Yeah. 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 It was awesome to get to meet you guys there and, and finally get to shake hands with some of the people that you interact with all the time. So I was thrilled when you guys asked me to come on the show. Uh, really looking forward to it. This ought to be a lot of fun and and chopping it up with some smart DFS people. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. For sure. At least one smart DFS person. I'm just here. I'm I'm the pretty mustache in the room. That's all I'm here for. So. Um, folks, a couple of quick uh, housekeeping before we jump into the show. This is a main slate show, but we are going to talk to you a little bit about the Thursday night. We focus on DFS. So if you ask any questions in the chat regarding redraft, I am going to do my best to answer those questions in the chat. Um, if it pertains to DFS, I'll get you on the show with these guys. But if it's redraft focused, I'll be answering in the chat. As I mentioned, uh, we are going to start with the Thursday night game. Before we jump into these guys, I want to let you know we do have an O Captain, My Captain video from our friend Oklahoma Doug over on Club Fantasy's YouTube page where he breaks down the entire Thursday slate for you and even gives you two lineups you can play. These guys are going to go ahead and start with who's your captain. Um, We like to break everything down into a few different sections. So Kira, it's Thursday. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Arizona Cardinals. Who's your captain for the night? Um, Yeah, so my captain's going to be someone pretty chalky. I'm going to have to assume a lot of people expect big things out of this guy tonight, but it's going to be Aaron Jones. Um, He's 13,500 on DraftKings. You have no Adams. You have no Lazard. Aaron Jones could very reasonably lead the Packers in targets and receptions for this game. Um, I just don't see how this isn't this game isn't run heavy for the Packers or how Rodgers doesn't just lean on a guy that he's confident. We've seen him do that a ton of times. Um, the Cardinals also allow the second most yards per carry in the NFL this season, so that brings good news for uh, for Aaron Jones. Um, he's going to be the need to be the guy that steps up on this offense tonight. I know that we have a couple others that we want to mention, but I just think he has the highest ceiling to be able to provide you um, in this game. Uh, He's gone up against a bunch of solid run defenses lately. And other than last week, he's provided a pretty safe floor. He has a super high ceiling. He's obviously one of those guys that could score you four touchdowns in a game. That's not unusual for him to do. Um, So, I mean, I just don't think any other players other than someone like maybe John's pick, DeAndre Hopkins, could provide that kind of ceiling in this game tonight. Gotcha. Now, John, you do like DeAndre Hopkins. Or no, you don't like DeAndre Hopkins. Carrie, you're getting me messed up on the document. John, oh, who's your captain for tonight? We'll talk about the other guys. Right, in a second. Yeah, <laughs> mine actually kind of plays into Yeah, mine actually kind of plays into each other a little bit here. So for my captain, I'm actually going to go with Christian Kirk. And I want to kind of explain this because it might not seem so obvious. There's definitely a little bit of 
risk involved with putting Kirk in that captain spot. But if you break it down a little bit, on the season, Kirk has hauled in 30 of 36 targets for 408 yards and four touchdowns. Hopkins, wow. on the other hand, has 37 of 44 for 420 and seven touchdowns. And there's a $5,100 difference between the two. Wow. It's similar production with a three touchdown difference. Uh, I want the lower stake for the similar output and a contrarian captain spot. And I think that'll that's a good key to, to building a roster around and it frees up some cash for some other spots. That makes perfect sense. Now let's just jump into the guy we haven't talked about yet. So we have a call this section chalk burn. It's a high dollar player who's likely to burn you this week. And I think you've kind of touched on some of the reasons why, but talk to me about why DeAndre Hopkins might burn managers this week. Yeah, it's the price tag, 15900 bucks. You're at the top of the price tag totem pole here. And Hopkins, in all honesty, he hasn't hit 90 or more receiving yards one time this season. He's got the touchdowns. Touchdowns are the least sticky stat in football. The target share is similar enough to Kirk to make him the stronger point-per-dollar play. People are going to continuously shove Nuke into the captain spot because he's Nuke, and I totally get that. The ball's getting spread around a lot more as Murray develops, and I just think at, at that almost $16,000 price range, he's the one I'm I'm probably least likely to use. Makes a lot of sense. Kerry, you don't like one of Arizona's running backs. Why not? Yeah, no, I. Um, that's where I saw DeAndre Hopkins at. I in the you literal, jumped ahead one. <laughs> in the literal total wrong spot for that moment. That's but right. I. Yeah, so I actually had a tough time coming up with my chalk burn because I think that really any of these players could hit fairly easily in this game. But um, if I have to separate one, it's going to be Chase Edmonds for me. Uh, I know it's a stretch to say that Edmonds is even like a high dollar play because he's really not. And initially, I really wanted to throw Aaron Rodgers into this category, but I just had a really hard time fading Rodgers in a game. I expect the Packers to be trailing and losing. He's still Aaron Rodgers. I Even though he has nobody out there that he's used to having out there, he still finds a way to get it done. So I went with the guy that I think should be faded because of the game script. Um, we tend to see Edmonds flourish when the Cardinals stay in a competitive game, and that's where he finds his most opportunities. I don't really – I mean, I understand the records that both of these teams have, but I can see the Packers really having a tough time struggling. We're going to find out if the Cardinals' defense is for real tonight. We're going to find out a lot of things about both of these teams in this game. Um, but, yeah, this game is, is going one of two ways. Either the Cardinals are going to dominate – or it's just going to be extremely slow, and Edmonds doesn't really benefit from that either way, in my opinion. I find when we go into these Thursday night games thinking we know exactly how it's going to play out, Browns-Broncos, they don't oh, play yeah. out that way. Case oh, Keenum manages the game perfectly. The Browns win. Just not at, at all what we would expect to happen. Yeah. In these types well, of games, you should so. totally expect the Packers to dominate the Everly exactly. Cardinals because that's how the NFL just get, gets Well, let's just jump into this because if the Packers do dominate – your favorite low dollar play is going to be very important in that. So talk to me about Randall Cobb. Yeah. I mean, both of our low dollar plays are yeah. two of my favorites. So mm -hmm. mine's going to be uh, Randall Cobb. Um, he's going to have to, he's going to have to step up. That's someone again, Aaron Rodgers likes to lean towards guys that he could trust. He's not going to throw you the ball. If you mess up one time, he sticks with those dudes that he's confident in. Um, somebody has to account for all these targets. I mean, without Adams and Lazard, there's 44.8% targets that need to go out there. That's a ton of targets. Um, if he's confident in Randall Cobb, then he's going to get a lot of usage tonight. So you're going to want somebody like that in your DFS lineup. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, something tells me Aaron Rodgers is never going to enjoy playing with Equinamia St. Brown, so he's going to find a way to get that right. ball to somebody else. But, John, sure. I love your low-dollar pick. Talk to me about it. Me too. 
Yeah, and I like Randall Cobb too. So I, I probably I think Kira beat me to this this show, Doc. She and always, I that, yeah. This might be the seventh consecutive show where the guest has said Kira beat me to the show, Doc, because she makes sure yeah. she does that. I know. Yeah, she, she whooped up on it because I I probably would have put Randall Cobb here first, but yeah. AJ Dillon, I really like Dillon. The twenty one hundred price tag is is digestible, no matter how you kind of structure the top of the lineup, and the guy's seeing double digit opportunities in his backup role. Uh, in three of the, the first seven games. So in a game where they're lacking some some uh, pass catchers, he may get, get rolled out there a little bit more. So he, he stands a chance to get yeah. a handful of carries, a handful of targets, and he's one of the best bang for the bucks on this table. All right. Yeah. Guys, we do have a question that talks about one of the players we just talked about. So um, would you start, and I'm going to guess this is redraft, just a reminder, we are focusing on DFS, but because we just talked about Cobb, would you guys start Randall Cobb in this high volume type of game over a guy like Mike Evans? Um, I mean, I probably would still roll it with Mike Evans. I don't know that I'd feel really good sitting him right now when he's been running hot versus rolling out with Cobb, hoping that what we think is going to happen actually happens. And I'm, I'm in agreement there. I have a hard time sitting Mike Evans based on, you know, Antonio Brown is still highly, highly questionable to play. Uh, that frees up some targets. We're not sure about Rob Gronkowski. So if you've got kind of a, a two-head dude that's going to soak up the targets, Mike Evans is still one of them. I've, I've got to roll with the steady targets there. Perfect. And we got the boss man in the chat just wanting to remind the world that uh, despite the matchup, Robert Tunyon is an interesting captain tonight. Now, John and I spoke a little bit in the pregame that Tunyon is an interesting just specimen because – I didn't bring this up to John, but in games where Tunyon hasn't scored a touchdown, he hasn't managed three fantasy points. And then when he scores touchdowns, he obviously blows up. The Cardinals are typically a bad matchup for tight end, but he's the only guy that Rodgers has that he could depend on from last week. So just maybe a couple quick thoughts on Tunyon from both of you. Yeah, I mean, for as for Tunyon, that's who he was last year. I don't think people realize he was such a great tight end because he was scoring so many touchdowns. That's where all of his production actually came from for the most part. And uh, that, the Arizona Cardinals are actually the second worst matchup that he could face as far as being a tight end. So um, I obviously I would I would make some DFS lineups with him in them. He could be a huge red zone threat, and I get that. Um, but I don't know that we should expect the Tunyon of, of last year to show through in this game. You know, that's that's my opinion. All right, guys. So as I mentioned, it, John, did I let you talk about Tunyon? I apologize. Mm-mm. No, that's talk okay. About yeah, let me just throw a couple of things out there because Please I do. do. We were we were talking about him in the pre-show fist fight, which is yeah. kind of what I think. I think, I think it's proper <laughs> terminology, right? Um, so, yeah, he's difficult to rank, and that's what got us started talking about him this year because we haven't seen continued production from what we saw last year. And you're right. If he doesn't hit the end zone, he's, he's not worth rostering. So if you're a multi lineup user, if you're putting out a handful of lineups tonight, he is worth a stab in one of those lineups. Just make sure the rest of it is strong and not contrarian. So in that case, yeah. But if you're, if you're putting a $5 game together and you're just putting one, you're putting one lineup out there, I, it's too volatile for me, but for multi-lineups, I want him in some of them, yes. That makes perfect sense. All right, guys, so uh, just to quickly recap what we have here, um, we are going to start Aaron Jones and Christian Kirk in your captain speak seat. We may want to avoid Chase Edmonds and DeAndre Hopkins, and you're going to find a way to find Randall Cobb and A.J. Dillon into those lineups. Maybe not your lineups with Robert Tunyon. You want those to be stronger and maybe not go with the low-dollar plays there. So as I mentioned, we are going to focus on the main slate. We do everything by position, and we start with players who might burn you. We talk about their favorite plays, some low-dollar plays. 
just a quick reminder, um, any questions that come through the chat about redraft, I am going to answer in the chat. If it's DFS focused, these guys will answer. Also, if you are watching us on Twitter, Twitter comments do not make it to us whatsoever. So we're not ignoring you. We just can't see what you're saying. Join us on YouTube. You probably want to follow us there anyway. So we're going to start with the main slate quarterbacks. We call it chalk burn. Which high dollar quarterback is likely to burn you on the main slate this week? Kira, I am just shocked to see this name. But talk to me about Tom Terrific. Well, yeah, so I'm going to go with Tom Brady this week, and I'm going to accept one Bitcoin from Tom Brady so that he, I can leave him off of my chalk burns because he's actually a pretty frequent flyer for here on me or for uh, for my chalk burn on here. Um, but this week he's going up against a divisional rival. He's going up against the New Orleans Saints. And while the Saints offense hasn't been anything to write home about, um, the New Orleans defense has actually hung pretty tough. And uh, they're only allowing the 19th most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, New Orleans on average only allows about one passing touchdown per game. Brady's best fantasy weeks come from those multiple touchdown games. So this could be a week that maybe his, his ceiling's just a little bit capped there. The upside really isn't there for me. Um, it's also a road game. And for Brady, who's averaged significantly less fantasy points on the road versus, he, versus um, what he's done at home, um, he's thrown for three touchdowns away. And 18 at home, so that's a pretty significant difference. That's I don't know. I'm, I I haven't looked far enough into it to know, like, okay, who did he play on the road versus who did he uh, play at home to see what happened there. But that's a pretty big difference. That's huge, huge gap in amounts. Um, he also averages 20.6 DK points um, when he's away, opposed to 32 DraftKings points when he's at home. Uh, once again, I'm just off Brady. If I'm gonna pay up, I'd rather pay up for somebody like Josh Allen or uh, even like maybe Matthew Stafford this week. There you go. Well, speaking of yeah, which, yeah, I have to throw out there. John, <laughs> shocking the world. I might be wrong here, but isn't Matthew Stafford the QB one in like each of two of the last three weeks or something? But we're saying he yes. might burn you. So. Yeah, yeah. Tom so, Brady is also the fantasy quarterback one. So yeah, I so know better. You guys are you guys are right. spicy tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So and and here's what and I know this one was going to be not everybody's favorite take, but yeah. but here here's the process. I love what Stafford has done, except for one thing, and that's his blissful ability to ignore Robert Woods. Okay? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that hurts my heart. Okay, but uh, here's the deal: the Rams are going to be up early on the Texans. Does anybody disagree with that? No, 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 no you Texans, can't. Yeah, exactly. The Texans are giving up the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. Once the lead is established, it's going to be the Henderson and Sony Michelle show. In fact, Robert Woods probably has a better chance of scoring a rushing touchdown in this game and he does getting one through the air, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. With a healthy lead, Stafford's not going to have to do much to close this one out. It's going to be set, hike, and handoff. It's going to cap his ceiling, and you're paying the premium price. Gotcha. Well, for skipping Tom Brady and Matt Stafford, John, give me your favorite play at quarterback this week. I really like Ryan Tannehill for 6,600 on DK and Joe Burrow on Fandle for 7,800. So okay. I think those are both really strong plays. Uh, for the money, Tanny is finally starting to remind us why he was such a highly drafted quarterback for redraft and stuff. I was going to say Joe Burrow, I think, is relatively self-explanatory, so I'm not even going to have you explain Burrow. I am a Ryan Tannehill hater, which is hard for me because coming into the season, I had him ranked as my QB five. So resell me on Ryan Tannehill. Okay, he's finally starting to remind us why he was so highly drafted and why he was so highly ranked. You're right; a lot of us had him higher up than what he's performed at so far this year. Yes. So Daly hasn't caught up to his slow return to what we've become accustomed to, which is efficiency. And we're starting to see that a little bit more in the last couple of games. He's had a couple of rushing touchdowns, had a couple of passing touchdowns. He's limiting his turnovers, which has always been a strength of his game. So he's coming back around to that being an efficient quarterback. 
And the lower roster percentage is what makes him such a stronger play. He's not going to be in 70% of lineups. He's not going to be in 40% of lineups. He's going to be that contrarian play for a nice price tag that's well worth the investment, especially if you can stack him with A.J. Brown. There you go. Gary, you had Ryan Tannehill on your list as well, but I think this name might be stapled in favorite play, but uh, I'll still let you talk about <clears> him because <throat> I love him as well, and he certainly catches enough hate. Talk yeah. to me about your boy. Of course. I mean, the reason why I even listed two quarterbacks this week, I know I, I always cheat and do that, but the price differences on DraftKings and FanDuel were so like. Yeah, I noticed that with both of you guys, you kind of found some very big price differences. Yeah, I, I almost had to mention like, hey, this might not be a good idea over there, though. That's like too too expensive. But mine's going to be Jalen Hurts, of course. And Jalen Hurts at any kind of val- value is a tale as old as time over here on this podcast, as you may know. Um, he he's just he's the last quarterback standing who hasn't scored less than 21 points on DraftKings so far. He's had the third most fantasy uh, most fantasy points on DraftKings amongst quarterbacks, and he just continues to get it done for us no matter how ugly it's looked. Um, the Eagles are thrown at the third highest rate in the league, so you can say what you want or what you think about the garbage time, fourth quarter points or not. I mean, this has consistently happened now for seven weeks. This isn't like a fluky thing. He's consistently doing it for seven weeks in a row now, so. I'll happily take that on DraftKings as the fifth highest paid quarterback uh, or fifth <laughs> fifth highest priced quarterback. On yeah. um, on FanDuel though, he is the second highest. So then I'm a little off of him there in, in that event. So if I'm looking to pay down at value, I like myself some Ryan Tannehill as well. Um, but for F- J- Jalen Hurts on FanDuel, I, I'd shy away. I say let's go even lower for a value. Let's jump into our DC dive. So if you're definitely not paying up for Jalen, well, I don't say definitely, but if you're not paying up for Jalen Hurts on FanDuel, what's a low dollar quarterback you do like this week here? Um, yeah. So my like almost like punt idea at quarterback would be Trevor Lawrence this week. Um, Sunshine has been looking pretty good. He's actually looked a lot better, more comfortable. And uh, this week he's facing Seattle, and they give up the eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, this could be Lawrence's time to sh- shine and showcase the, why he was the first overall pick. Um, Seattle allows the third most passing yards a game. I think uh, at the punt price, he could at least get you 20 points in this matchup. Um, that's pretty good for for a punt quarterback. I'd take 20 points. Um, his downfall has really just been a lack of passing touchdowns. He's actually rushed for a couple. He's rushed for two touchdowns this year, so he has a little bit of upside with his legs. So I'm hoping that you know after the bye week here, maybe we'll start to see some positive regression. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen a ceiling yet, in my opinion. We we know that Trevor Lawrence could be much better than what he is. So um, hopefully the breakout's waiting after the buy here. Yeah, one of our writers, Joel Wirth, writes the uh, betting article for us every week, and he brought up a really interesting fact. Yeah, they had the bye week, but these guys in Jacksonville are coming from London back to Jacksonville and flying across our country to go to Seattle to play. <laughs> so the, the schedule uh, yeah. makers were not very kind to the Jacksonville Jaguars this, uh, this three-week period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have... I, I brought him up in my streams of the week, John, where you don't know which Jameis you're going to get, but when you get good Jameis, it's great Jameis, and I think there's a little bit of a narrative to this game. Revenge game. Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely a little bit of a revenge game factor there. And also, I mean, he's 6,600 on DK, which is very affordable. You can build a roster around that. Um, he could throw three or more touchdowns and be under 250 passing yards. So I like the fact that the guy can can beat you a couple different ways, and he's been quietly efficient, which is something we don't typically say about Jameis. He's got 13 passing touchdowns and only three interceptions. Yeah. I mean, he used to throw that in a game. Yeah. So (laughs) the fact that he can scramble a little bit with his legs gives him a little safer floor for the money. I like the matchup. I mean, you can 
you can challenge, I'm not saying beat, you can challenge the Bucks through the air. And the low roster ship means he's a great uh, great candidate for tournament plays. And I, I love him in a tournament play this week. Perfect. Yeah, and J- Jameis has been trying to air it out. Like, I watched the game on, what was that, Monday night? Like, he has some bombs that they just were dropping. Traquan Smith did him dirty at, like, that's, maybe yeah. two, three times. That's, I think that's rust because he's one of the players I was watching. I've been – I've stashed Traquan in so many places because mm-hmm. I wanted to see Jameis's go deep ability with Traquan. And I, I think once the two get on the same page, and I know yeah. they – played well during the preseason. I think when that hits, it's going to be a deadly combo. Yeah, and Callaway had a bunch of penalties that had his right. yards called back. So I think Jameis is a great play for this and they week. they should get Deontay Harris back this week too, who mm-hmm. I think uh, Jameis was missing him a little bit as well. So Agreed. Uh, yeah. Just to recap, you are avoiding Tom Brady and Matt Stafford. You are playing Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, and Joe Burrow, but the – platforms matter uh so just keep an eye on the prices maybe don't pay up very high for those guys but if you're looking really cheap pump plays trevor lawrence and Jameis winston especially in tournament play we're going to jump to running backs the format stays exactly the same we're going to start with john which high dollar running back might burn some managers this week Najee harris yeah um i i love harris i really do um he hasn't had the strongest start despite the volume and the line is part of that but now they're playing against the Browns who are allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Uh, in fact, I don't think they've had a running back to eclipse more than 53 yards on the ground. They haven't even so, allowed an RB one finish this season from Josh right? on our Wednesday show. So. And there's four total rushing touchdowns on the season. That's it. So is the volume going to be there? Yeah, probably. But does a 22 for 33 stat line make anybody excited for DFS? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, the upside's just not there for this game for him. Right. Completely agree. And then Kira doing doing basically what you guys did with quarterback as well. You're telling me not to start last week's number one running back? Yeah, this this one hurts. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm probably gonna eat my words for sure, but when I have to try to dissect that chalk burn, sometimes it gets difficult. Like um, but I'm gonna go with Alvin Kamara and uh, I know that Khalil Herbert just put up good numbers on that Bucks defense, so I might sound a bit crazy to say it. Uh aside from how crazy it is to already say it. Uh, but I think uh, Kamara's price on DraftKings going up against Tampa is just a little bit too steep for me. Um, he costs more than Josh Allen over there, who's 8100 And oh, I wow. just don't know. Yeah, he's really expensive. So I just don't know how high the ceiling really can be for Kamara this week um, to pay off at that price range. Um, I honestly, you know, I, I started writing this stuff before the Ingram stuff came out. Yeah. Um, I think it benefits him to have Ingram there a lot. You know what I mean? It takes a little bit more off of him, lets him, you know, do his damage in the passing game like he, we need him to do. Um, I don't think it's going to be like years past. You know, Ingram isn't Ingram anymore. He's gotten older. His production has went down. Um, but it does take away some some rushing yards for Kamara, even if he didn't have, you know, monster numbers in the rushing game. Um, I just don't know. There's just plenty of good running backs this week at great values that I don't know that I want to pay up and pay for someone who's at a QB1 price on DraftKings. On FanDuel, though, he's not so bad. He's the sixth highest highest uh, price running back. So there I would be more than happy to take a shot on somebody like Kamara. But I'd much rather go for a couple value plays this week when it comes to running back. Yeah, I actually completely agree with fading him a little bit. Um, one of the things a lot of people you brought up Khalil Herbert and the last three running backs to face the Bucks have done well, but almost all of those were with Levante David out of the game with an injury, and he right. should be back this week. And I think that's going to be a big it boost makes, it makes a Bucks big team. difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Precisely. Uh, Kira, talk to me about your favorite play at running back. 
Um, yeah, so my favorite player running back uh, going back to Jacksonville is going to be James Robinson. I think he's an easy money value right here. James Robinson is a monster and an undrafted free agent, and I'll be damned if he uh, he's proven time and time again that he should have been a high draft pick. He's incredible. Um, it's just too bad that Urban Meyer didn't get that memo when uh, he drafted CTN <laughs> in the first round. He didn't know he already had a first-round running back quality. Uh, but anyway, this week, Robinson, he gets a bad run defense versus Seattle. They're third in the league in rushing yards allowed, and they're also third in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs. They're finally using Robinson as a workhorse back, and he scored at least 19-plus DraftKings points ever since. Um, so it's really just a no-brainer pick for me. He's doing fantastic. I love it. And I love when we have sharp viewers shout out to Mojo because we have already mm-hmm. talked up Daryl Henderson. We just talked up James Robinson and John, would you like to talk to me about your favorite running back play of the week? Absolutely. It's Joe Mixon. Yeah. We got it all right there. So yeah, I mean the Mixon thing and I know fantasy Twitter is almost broken into two spheres. You've got the, the Joe Mixon truthers and then the Joe Mixon faders. I'm Joe Mixon neutral. <laughs> for what it's worth. But for DFS, I mean, he's got the second most rush attempts in the league, the third most rushing yards against a defense that's allowing the most fantasy points to the position. Freaking lock it in, lock it, chalk it, and bet that he's going to be in a butt ton of my lineups. Yeah, me too. I have him in almost every single one that I've that I've built so far before before Saturday when I make ten more before Tinker time. <laughs> yeah. now, now I have to throw something at you guys because I actually I I know fantasy football. I'm not great with DFS. Are we worried about him being too chalk? Is he more of a cash play versus a tournament player? Or are you fine with plugging him into all your tourney lineups as well? Um, so I, I am. Know. Go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No. John, you you're the guest. You go. I'll put okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to start in on there. I'm sure I'll have something to say about it. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like him more in in cash games. Um, and for tournament, I do think he's going to be kind of a chalk play. But I think all three of those running backs that we've kind of talked about are going to be in that range. So it depends okay. on how you construct the rest of your roster. But he will be in a few of my tournament plays. But he's going to be in a lot a heavy involvement in my cash game plays for okay. sure. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. And yeah, I'm sure he will be a little bit chalky. Um, but I think that a lot of people are going to lean on um, like a, maybe a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase stack because they've been on fire and maybe they're going to avoid Joe Mixon for that reason. Maybe they don't want a really good point back. because they don't want to have three of them. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's just my hope. I'm sure that Joe Mixon <laughs> will be a bit chalky, but <laughs> that's all right. All right, guys. So those are our favorite plays, but sometimes you got to fill out the bottom of that lineup, especially if you're paying up at other positions. Kira, we call it the deep sea dive. Who's your favorite cheap running back? Yeah, my favorite cheap running back is going to be Zach Moss this week. Zach with a K, as Ryan most notably yes. pointed out on Twitter this week. It's I, I, I too always make sure that I spell that. I want, I want no beef with Michelle Majuk at any <laughs> right. point in my life. So. <laughs> no, no, no way. So I, I make sure I do not mess up my spelling of these names. But um, at fifty two. Going up against the Miami Dolphins, I mean, dang, Zach Moss is just too easy and cheap here. Um, in week two versus Miami Dolphins, his first game that he played this season, I mean, he did very little, but he did damage with the very little that he did. He put up 16.4 fantasy points. Um, running backs just continue to thrive against Miami. They have given up a touchdown every single week except for week one versus the Patriots. Um, so, uh, well, to their opposing running backs. Every, yeah. A running back has scored each week except for the week they played the Patriots in week one, which the Patriots running back situation is always murky. So we'll just we'll just excuse that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, at the punt price of 5200 I think you can absolutely do worse. So I, I, I expect Moss to be able to put up a touchdown and some fantasy points in this game. They're like a 13-point favorite or something like that. They could easily eat in this one. 
I love it. And uh, there was a little thievery going on. Again, Kira got to the dock first. So, John, you also like Zach Moss, <laughs> but you were able to give us somebody else, and it's such a great play. Someone yeah. I love as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this one. And, and, yeah, Kira did steal this one. So I, I even wrote that in the show doc because at that did. point I was just getting frustrated. <laughs> just, yeah. Kira got them all. I even DM'd her. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> I know you, you hollered at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like Kenneth Gainwell uh, this week. And he's he's almost getting to where he's kind of chalky too. So kind of, you know, fair warning on that heading into the week when you set your yeah. lineups. But this is a really good play because the price didn't go up a lot. Okay. His salary didn't go up a huge amount. Gainwell has been involved with Sanders there. So there's going to be more involvement, not necessarily taking over the Miles Sanders role, but he's going to be more involved. He was already involved. I'm not worried about Boston Scott. Um, I like the fact that, especially in DraftKings where PPR matters, I like the floor. I like the upside of more volume and I like the PPR appeal. So he kind of hits that trifecta of points for me and at the 5K range, I'm all about it. Absolutely. And like you said, he's because of how cheap he is and because it's so publicized that Sanders is out there, he's a little chalky, but I still think there's going to be some room to fit him into some of those lineups. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So just to recap at running back, you are avoiding Alvin Kamara and Najee Harris. That's not to say that we think they're going to have terrible days. We just think they're overpriced. James Robinson and Joe Mixon are two of our favorite plays, and we'll throw in Daryl Henderson as a shout-out to our listener, Mojo. And then at the Deep Sea Dive, Zach Moss is universally loved by John and Kira, but we're going to throw Kenneth Gainwell a bone too. So we're going to move the wide receiver. You know the deal at this point, Chalkburn. Which high-dollar play might burn some managers this week, John? DJ Moore. Um, I'm, I'm looking at DJ Moore. Look, he's seemingly immune to the struggles of Sam Darnold, but that's got to trickle down at some point. And it makes me nervous when the seventh highest wide receiver salary is tied to potentially one of the worst QBs on the slate. Um, when one factors in the last couple of games, you've got to look at what he's done recently. And they, they started by saying, we want to establish the run, which is coach speak for, we want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. And so Moore hasn't struggled too bad with it yet, but that's going to come to a head, and I don't want him in my lineup when it does. I might be completely wrong on this one, but hanging 7% of my salary on the back of Darnold right now with replaceable production available in a similar price range, I'm going to look for a better option. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, before we jump to Kieran's least favorite wide receiver, maybe not least favorite, but burn wide receiver, Josh asked a great question in the chat. How concerned are we with Boston Scott? We've been talking about Gainwell and we were talking about him possibly being chalky. Does Boston Scott affect that? Um, in my opinion, I, I don't know. I mean, we had to worry about Miles Sanders not getting enough touches as far as the run game for the Eagles. So I don't know how much we really have to worry about busting. Yeah, busting. <laughs> Maybe I'll be bust. I was just going <laughs> to say, I think you just answered the question. With Freudian you. slip and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking in the back of my head is that, yeah, he might be just a total bust in general. And Kenny, Kenny G, he definitely could get it done on those pass catching um, opportunities. And I, I just think that, Honestly, that game has potential to be a weird, sneaky shootout because they're just both bad teams, got bad defenses, and I think that uh, that Kenny G might have more opportunity there than Boston anyways. There we go. Uh, let's just keep it rolling then, Kira. Um, so we talked about DJ Moore as a uh, chalk burn wide receiver this week, and Kira, who 
apparently just went to all the number ones from last week and said, I don't like any of these guys. Yeah, you know, Mike Evans. You know what I did? I went to all the Tampa Bay Buccaneer games. I guess, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Who would have thought we would have a pro Jacksonville and anti Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, show? But here we are. (laughs) DFS gets weird sometimes. But yeah, so my chalk burn this week is going to be Mike Evans. Um, I'm fading Mike Evans after he gave away Tom Brady's 600 touchdown ball and he said that he wasn't going to throw him touchdowns anymore. So. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. He's he, He'll still get his. I'm, I'm just going to But um, I'm fading Evans because Marshawn Lattimore just seems to be his kryptonite. And Evans notoriously just doesn't play all that great versus the Saints. I mean, I know he's had a couple outlier games here and there. Um, he could absolutely still have a good game. It's a different year, different season. I get that. Um, but at his price, I feel like his ceiling is just a little bit capped compared to other players in that price range. I really like like AJ Brown, or if I want to pay up 500 more, I can get somebody like Jamar Chase on DraftKings. Um, you can pay down at, on FanDuel to acquire someone like Stefan Diggs for $200 less. So just to avoid that situation possibly happening where Marshawn Lattimore gets in Evan's head for whatever reason that he does. And they just don't have, he just doesn't play as well the game as we're used to seeing out of him. So I will fade Evans. John, I don't mean to put you on the spot spot, but I saw a smirk when she started talking about Evans. Was it a positive smirk or a disagree <laughs> smirk? No, it, it actually, it, it actually had to do with the fact that my cat's running through the background. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, I'm, I'm like of all the times for my cat to like go into zoomy mode, she's going to do it while I've got the camera on. This is a very yeah, pet friendly I, I was show. trying not to laugh and yell. Oh, my, great. my dog is crying the at or... the door for like 20 minutes. We actually can't <laughs> no. hear him tonight. But really? uh, <laughs> now the one thing I do want to throw out that you hit on great there is not only does Lattimore get in Evan's head, we've seen at, at, uh, excuse me Evans ejected from a few of these games, and that's right. about the worst thing that could happen to you in DFS. So Lattimore's feisty too. I see him he and DJ been. were getting into it. Just, you know what I mean? I was going to bring that up too. Like he is he is dead set on doing like the Dennis Rodman. I'm going to get in your yeah. skull mm-hmm. first, and then we're going to play it out in the field. Right. He did it with uh, he did it with DK last week, and after the one you know broken coverage. He held him in check. Exactly. And yeah. and he and Evans have a history. I, I won't be surprised if right. fists start flying. I, I've always <laughs> joked that my favorite part about Mike Evans is that the if the wind changes direction, he's ready to fight the entire other team. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. If we're not playing them, John, give me your favorite wide receiver play of the week. And I'm going to John first because Kira cheated and did two again. So. I know. <laughs> I okay, could not mention <laughs> – I, there were a couple of these that I thought about throwing a, a like another one into the mix. Oh, but, Kira, uh, there are no rules on Kira's show, so don't worry about that. <laughs> you put out many you want, John. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Deontay Johnson here. Um, the the price tag's not great as far as value, but I really like the target floor, and for what the price tag is, the target floor is among the highest in that range, and I like that. So he's had ten or more targets in all but one game he's played. Yeah, three touchdowns in the last five games. The PPR appeal paired with the scoring opportunity in a game that favors the pass versus the run sounds like a good good spot to light him up. And I just think that for the for the money and the and the volume, I really like the combo of the both of them there. Yeah, yeah. makes a lot of contrary, sense. I mean, not contrary, but like uh, also on the side of ball, Chase Claypool tends to go off against the Cleveland Browns yeah. historically. Yeah. So he's someone that if you want to pay a little bit more further down, you could get you could grab Claypool for sure. There you yep. go. Yeah, and Kira, pick yeah. pick one of your two, and then I guess you're, you're going to talk about both of them anyway. So just throw yeah. it out there. Uh, I think one of them I have. I think Diggs I have uh, just a short little segment. But uh, okay. for my first favorite um, on DraftKings is going to be Michael Pittman Jr. Um, yes. Week after week, the guys at uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, 
they give us the Colts wide receiver one and the 19th best wide receiver on their platforms at a discount. So let's just keep taking advantage of it while we can. Um, he leads the Colts in targets, receptions, and yards. If Hilton is still out, I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into that. But if he's out, then he gets an even bigger boost for me. But Pittman has been solid, and he's had double-digit fantasy outings in all but two games this season. And he scored 20-plus points in three of the seven. So at $5,300, that's fantastic production to pay off at that kind of a value. He's going up against Tennessee Titans. They've allowed the third-most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. So he's an excellent value play at that price. Absolutely. Um, on Fandle, I like Stefan Diggs a ton this week. Um, as for Diggs, it's just really been obvious reasons why he's he's a value on Fandle. He's yeah. Stefan Diggs. He's $7,300. He's the 11th highest priced wide receiver, which seems wow. just way too low in this matchup. I mean, I just – I don't get it. But whatever. So we take advantage of stuff like that. He just has so much upside against the Dolphins. Their secondary has been getting absolutely gutted by everybody. Um, but he is, you know, just to even compare how wildly priced this is on DraftKings, he's the second highest receiver uh, price wise. But on Fandel, he's the 11th highest price wide receiver. So I don't know. There's a glitch in the matrix there. Somebody messed up. So you got to capitalize on things like that. Take, That's great take information. Advantage on Fandel, yeah, for sure. Careless Perfect. pricing on Fandle's part. <laughs> because he had such great info earlier, I definitely want to bring him up because neither one of you listed him as a favorite, but I have a feeling you both probably like him. But uh, Mojo thinks this is going to be a good week for Debo. Does anybody disagree with that? I actually have him as my wide receiver one in my rankings. So is there a bad week for Debo? Because yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do like Debo this week, and I actually think he's already in a couple of my lineups uh, for this week. So I, I do like him. I've got some exposure to him. And, yeah, every week's a Debo week this season. There you go. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. John, talk to me about your favorite cheat play this week at wide receiver, Deep Sea Dive. Yes, so I am contractually obligated to mention LaVisca Chanel anytime <laughs> I'm live. Uh, it's in the contract. It's in the paperwork. And he still hasn't followed me on Twitter, which is a darn shame. I'm his personal hype man. Yeah. I know he's watching this. So like LaVisca. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, John. Come on. Hey, Dougie. Good to see you, buddy. Um, So yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Chanel. Um, The risk is already baked into the price. And that's what I love about this play. It's a $4,700 price tag for a guy that's had 10 targets twice already. uh, Seven or more targets in four or six games. And in, in DraftKings, it's a PPR format. That's a floor. That's an awesome floor. I like it. I want more of it. And let's be honest, we're, we're eight games in. He's due for a score. Uh, yeah. We've been calling for it all season. The, we're, we're right there where it's it's got to happen. It's a decent matchup. The low roster ship makes him a, a really good value play in GPP formats. I really like him at that price tag a lot yeah. this week. All of that makes sense. Then who else are they going to throw to? <laughs> so. yeah. I, well, I expect Trevor Lawrence to turn it on after the buy. So maybe LaVisca gets the buy. Same idea. You know, so people tend to turn it on after the buy. So I, you always can kind of, I feel like you learn a lot after bye weeks because they spent two weeks working on something and now you get to know who their focus is on. So if yeah. LaVisca does burn people this week, it might be time for John to even hype, hop off that train, though. I don't see that happening. <laughs> probably not. I'm probably stuck on it. I think right. I drive it. I'm pretty sure I'm the conductor. I don't know. I was say, can't help who you love. So we have LaVisca coming in from a buy. We have another guy coming off of IR, Kira. Yeah, my favorite, probably my favorite wide receiver going into this season was Jerry Judy. Um, he's back, and I'm fully confident in playing him in my lineups at his cheap price tag. He's only 4900 on DraftKings, 6000 on FanDuel. Um, apparently, he could have actually almost even played last week, but it was a Thursday night game, so um, he didn't get the – 
he didn't get the time to practice before he got his clearance. So he gets himself an extra 10 days to rest. So that's awesome. Um, I mean, I'm just excited about Judy. I was when he was a rookie and then to see him come out, you know, week one here, guns blazing, targeted seven times, caught six receptions for 72 yards. And then, you know, boom, out comes, out comes the cart in the third quarter, you know, just, we lose all hope and we lose it for seven freaking weeks. Um, but now that he's available, I'm ready to play him in my matchups or in my uh, lineups. He gets an A-plus matchup is what I meant to say, um, going up against the uh, Washington football team. They've given up the most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. Um, below 5K, you could absolutely sign me up for somebody like Jerry Judy. Excellent talent. People are maybe going to be a little uh, – timid about putting him in the lineup because of the injury, but I purposely asked all the fantasy doctors on Twitter. <laughs> I was so excited for Jerry Judy. I'm like, what do you guys think about this situation? Is he, is he healthy? Is he like, how's what does he feel like um, to you or how should he be feeling in this game? And they were pretty confident that he was going to be fine and he's only going to get better and better every week. It's really the only thing we have to worry about is maybe uh, Denver being conservative with Judy, but I think that he could get a lot done with a little. That's just the type of player that he is. Yeah, Mojo chimes in that one of those wide receivers need to go off against Washington. Washington's just been bad, giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks oh, right terrible. now. Uh, Mojo also brought up another name. You mentioned being timid with somebody. Robbie Anderson is an interesting name. I did a little research on him this past week. He is tied for the 27th most targets in the entire league, tied with C.D. Lamb, in fact. But he's only catching 36% of the balls thrown his way. Do we agree here that he's due or looking at the way Sam Darnold slash PJ Walker are playing? Are we done with Robbie Anderson in DFS? I think that a lot of people have been having that idea with Robbie Anderson for weeks now. So me personally, I'm sick of it. So I'm off of it. It's probably going to happen now that I've finally given up on Robbie for those reasons. But yeah, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I understand the matchup seems great, but maybe if, maybe if uh, CMC was in and they were moving the ball better and everything looked better, but you know, they want to establish the run more as they said again. So I don't know. John, how about you? Um, it depends on the form. So for seasonal, like for redraft, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually yeah. mentioned you could drop him in the article that I was researching. Yeah. In, so, in Dynasty, know. he's on my bench. I'm playing upside plays over him. Um, I know normally in the, in the fantasy football world, when it comes to wide receivers, volume is king. We want the volume. So in those in those formats, I'm done. In DFS, I still plug him into at least okay. one lineup that I feel exactly. very strongly about in a tournament. Okay. So if you and get he's six that, out of him, it doesn't kill your yeah, entire lineup. So. so he's that one contrarian play that's going to make me, that's going to win me the Millie is when he does go off, he is in one of those strong lineups. So your lineup's going to be the one that where we say you and Mojo are going to be who the hell puts Robbie Anderson in a lineup. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. I'm yeah. playing him in a couple of spots just because the target share, I mean, the target share is the target share. You know, yeah. we're so ingrained to believe and follow the volume, follow the volume. And so I keep using him in that factor. But as far as redraft, nah, he's he's not. If you're in a if you're in a twelve team like redraft league with six spin spots, it. just dump him. Yeah, dump him. He's done. only forty seven hundred on DraftKings too, so he's Ooh. definitely easy to fit in your lineup. There you go. Yeah. Even less than Judy, but yeah. So to recap, wide receivers, you are avoiding Mike Evans and DJ Moore. You are playing Michael Pittman, Stephon Diggs over on FanDuel is an insane value, and then Deontay Johnson, who by the way. Uh, friend of the show, host of the show, leader of the show, Josh's favorite player is Deontay Johnson. So he, he enjoyed that, John. And then if you're diving deep, you're looking for Jerry Judy and LaVisca Chenault. So we are going to bump over to tight ends, typically the most miserable spot in fantasy, but thankfully in DFS, you get to pick your spots. 
Sometimes picking your spots doesn't work out, though. Which high-dollar tight end might burn people this week, Kira? Uh, yeah, actually, it was kind of miserable looking at the mid-range mid for tight ends this week. Not very great. but um, So my high-dollar play, uh, my chalk burn this week, it's going to also sound pretty terrible, and it's going to be Mike Kosicki. Um, and how do I try and tell all of you to fade a tight end that's literally put up 20-plus points over the last two freaking weeks? <laughs> um, you know, Gasicki is being used as a right, right receiver, and as much of a Penn State fan as I am, I do love Gasicki, but the matchup is just a little too tough for me to want exposure. I'd rather pay up or down elsewhere. Uh, Buffalo really does run a tight ship versus tight ends. They have allow only about an average of 5.2 fantasy points per game. Not very good. Um, just rather pay up to go for a guy like Hawkinson for maybe $400 more or just punt to my next couple suggestions. There we go. And, uh, John, you have another great name there that uh, I think people are going to be a little surprised to see. It might kind of tie into a guy we've already talked about. So, Yeah, yeah, it's it's Noah Fant this week. And he, I know Washington is, is awful at defense, but they are better defending tight ends than they have. Yeah than they've been against defending basically everybody else on the field. Mm -hmm. So Bridgewater's still kind of hobbled up. Judy's coming back, and I do expect him to immediately – like if they're ready to put him back in the field, he's ready to produce. And I know he wants to be out there. He's going to want the ball because he's a wide receiver and they're all divas. Yes. So <laughs> the target share is going to go down. He was the beneficiary of having Judy out of the lineup. So that target share is going to come down a little bit into the more the reasonable range. So there's just – it's not that I hate Fant this week. It's that there's more risk per dollar to put him in my lineup than I really want to invest in. I think there's other options that are more sure on the target share side of things. Perfect. Before we move on, I would feel I'm doing a disservice if I didn't get you guys to chime on to the biggest Twitter debate I've seen today. One of my favorite people on Twitter, Victoria Geary, has dubbed Jerry Judy Big Booty Judy. How do we feel about this nickname? I just want a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I mean, I, I don't know how to change that. Like, big I booty, mean, like he sucks, like booty, or like, you know. No, I think it's just having fun. It's fun. Like, all right. I'll take, a, I'll take a big booty, Judy. I don't know that I can get behind the big. That sounded terrible. And that's that was not intended. I feel like that way. Booty and I think yeah. that's exactly how Troy King felt when she said it. So yeah, <laughs> I just I, I don't I I don't feel comfortable to go big booty Judy and root I love that, it. All right, <laughs> like I'm not putting that on a T-shirt. I'm not rooting that at the TV. Right. It's not going to happen. We're so, just emasculating yeah. Jerry Judy at this rate there by calling him that. That was, yeah, that was for like, my friend Victoria. I feel like we have and, to get it. And everyone there. knows that Larry Fitzgerald has the biggest booty in all of that. There you are. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get back away. on track here. This was not in the script. It, was no, it wasn't. I, I don't even know why it hit me the way it did, but that's just how my brain works. John, talk to me about your favorite tight end play this week. It's a great oh, one. Yeah, I like this. So there, there's a little bit to unpack here, so I'm going to take the floor for just a moment. I'm going with Hunter Henry this week, and I've got a longtime love affair with Hunter Henry, and I'll kind of explain why. I grew up in Arkansas, and he's a Razorback. So okay. when the Chargers drafted a Razorback, I lost my mind. Right. I was so happy. And he produced very well for us when he was healthy. And he's uh, when he left the Chargers, I was sad. And then he joined this convoluted grouping <laughs> of how are they going to use him? Well, he's really showed out. He's become the tight end to roster in that offense. He's getting looks. He's uh, scored for several weeks in a row now. He's he's just he's Johnny's banged up, so yeah. 
the the for the price point, I really like the volume. I really like the scoring upside. Mac Jones is looking for him. There's a comfort level you can see there. He's in his spot where Mac Jones expects him to be. And for for the money, I I like to play this week. Yeah, he'll be a monster if Johnny misses on top of that. So oh, right. yeah, Bunk, uh, yeah, I I would take him as my favorite play over my favorite. Well, I almost could have, but if Johnny's <laughs> out, then definitely Hunter Henry get him in your lineups. Yeah, sure. you have you have somebody else though, Kira. Who who do you got? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, Tyler Higby this week. Um, I just I love Higby this week because the matchup for him is great. Um, they're going up against the Houston Texans, who surrender the most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. And the Rams have the highest implied team total um, this week. So Higby is a fantastic cheap option to get some exposure to points in that game. Um, if he doesn't come, I mean, he doesn't come without a risk, though. Uh, most of the punt and value plays do as far as tight ends go. Um, and I, like I said, I do like John's pick with Hunter Henry. I should probably like him more the more I thought about it. Um but uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine Higby will be low owned, and you know if it pays off, then it pays off big time. Gotcha. He didn't come up on either of your lists, but um, while Mo agreed with both of your calls, he also threw out Dallas Goddard. How do you guys feel about him? Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I of course I feel good about Dallas Goddard, but I, I mean, say, I know you love him. Yeah, I mean, going up against Detroit, I just, I like I said, I think this game could have sneaky, weird shootout potential. Could just be a bunch of bad defenses trying to play against her. I'm trying to look to see what his price point is this week. He's 4,700. 4,700. Okay. So he's in the mid range there too. I mean, yeah, you could, you could absolutely roll out with Goddard at that price. Um, even though Detroit has actually played a little bit well against tight ends on um, Jalen Hurts still targets his tight end position. He's still going to be usable. There Maybe not as much upside as the others, but. John, anything to add? Yeah. I, I like Dallas Goddard too, but for, if I'm paying, $500 less and John who's out, then I, I've got to lock in Hunter Henry this week. I, just, yeah. I, I like Goddard. I think he's a solid play and I think you can build around him, especially if you want to stack him with the, the guaranteed 20 plus points you're going to get from Jalen Hurts. I like him more in that range than I do as kind of a standalone because I do think you can do just as well uh, on the point side of it for $500 less. All right, John, I'm going to start with you here um, because this is the first one you guys listed that I actually had on my downside list this week. Denver is, I thought, sneaky good against the tight end, but you still like uh, RSJ this week? I do. I do. And it comes down to like what we've seen from Taylor Heineke is he is going to consistently target. He's got two main targets in this offense as far as any type of vertical threat. And then he's got, you know, J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. So, but Ricky Seals-Jones is occupying both of those. He's still covering, you know, the soft middle. Uh, he's still covering some underneath stuff. And he's gone out wide a few times, too. And Heineke is targeting him all over the place. He's getting them consistently enough that I like the floor he provides. And he doesn't quite have the touchdown upside of some of these other options. But at $3,800, he's a cheap option that, that might be able to squeak his way into an end zone and really, you know, turn, turn that salary into a four X game. Yeah. It definitely seems like the volume is almost always there for the tight end in that offense. And I, yes. I thought it fitting to end with this player, considering that Mojo has been the, uh, the fan of the show so far. And Kira, your favorite deep sea dive at tight end is another Mo. Yeah. Mo Alley. <laughs> we go. got Mo Alley Cox. And I, I mean, I know this is like a rocket punt to outer space, um, <laughs> but Mo. <laughs> Molly Cox, he's had four touchdowns over the last four weeks, and he's obviously becoming a big red zone threat to our big red zone target um, to Carson Wentz. 
The man's freaking huge. I mean, he looks even bigger in person than he does on paper. He's 6'4", 262 pounds. He's huge. Um, if he was on the field more, I'd feel even more confident in making this play. But, you know, with four weeks in a row, four touchdowns, I mean, yeah. he's obviously on to some. They're going to have to start getting him out there a little bit more. Um, he's a total dart throw for now. But at 3,200, you could obviously do much worse. Um, the game script, I think, could benefit him. I think that this is going to be a competitive game, and I could – easily see Moali Cox being one of the ones to get a touchdown in this game. And for 3,200, that's kind of all you're really looking for is hopefully just a touchdown. There you go. So with tight end, we're looking to avoid Mike Kosicki and Noah Fant. Their favorite plays are Tyler Higby and Hunter Henry. And if you're diving deep at tight end, Mo Alley-Cox, Ricky Seals-Jones. We only do hyphenated last names on this show. So, uh, <laughs> guys, we have a little bit of time today. We've done really great on the show. So I'm going to give you guys each two minutes to talk to me about your defenses. How we like to do is we call them David and Goliath. One high-dollar play if you have too much money left over. One low-dollar play if you're just scraping the bottom of the barrel, to borrow a phrase from our friend Chris Robin. So, Kira, talk to me about your defenses. Yeah, so my Goliath this week is going to be the 49ers going up against the Chicago Bears. Um, I don't know if anybody hasn't been watching football, but the Chicago Bears, definitely a bad football team, creating a lot of turnovers, giving a lot of opportunities, even though the 49ers haven't been the defenses that they've had in the past. I think they could still easily come off with a lot of uh, turnover points in this game. My David is going to be on the Washington football team going up against the Denver Broncos. Um, the low dollar amount plays like John listed, they're just there's not a ton of great options down there. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater being banged up, their offense being a little meh themselves, I think that Washington could come off with a couple turnovers as well. Sounds good, John. Your turn. Yep, uh, my Goliath in this one is going to be kind of what I feel like could turn into the chalk play of, of the slate, and that's the Bengals versus the Jets. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, how do you not start a defense that played that well last week? Uh, against, against, against Mike White. Against Mike White. Yeah, a guy who, I mean, I write about this stuff. I'm invested in this. Uh, <laughs> and when he showed up on the field, I'm like, who the heck is that? Like, right. I, my buddy was with me. He goes, who's that? I'm like, I, I have no idea. Yep. So, I, I, I didn't know who they were rolling out with when when we saw Wilson get her. I'm like, I actually don't know who. I thought it was like James Morgan was their backup. I forget. Like, yeah, I, I don't even remember who I thought it was in the back of my head, but I certainly wasn't <laughs> expecting this guy. So, so this nameless white guy, it was, <laughs> it was an accidental pun, but we'll roll with it. Exactly. So, so yeah, you, you've got him going out there, and the Bengals have been playing really, really pretty solid defense over the last few weeks. So I really like that. So on the other side, uh, my David is exactly what Kira said. I know we've tried to differentiate here, but there's really not a basement team worth mentioning in this slate. Yeah. You, you, you got to roll. If you're going dirt cheap and completely punting it, you're playing the Washington football team against the Broncos. Yeah. Let's throw out one more name just for your guys' opinion, since Mo has been so good to the show today. How do we feel about Jacksonville taking on Geno Smith? Um, I mean, yeah, I, at those low punt dollar plays, I can see why you would maybe go that kind of a route. They're where they at. They're really low too. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. I know the Jaguars' defense hasn't been all that great. They haven't really put up too many great numbers, but they've played a lot of good competition. I mean, other than the one game where they had uh, against the bat, like a little bit less of a quarterback, I guess Teddy Bridgewater, they put up nine points against them. They created a couple sacks. Um, Yeah, I, I, I could see how you would go that route. Why not? John? If you're absolutely punting, I guess I don't mind it, but here's a little food for thought. The uh, Jets DST is averaging 3.2 DK points per week. 
Uh, the Jaguars are averaging 3.3. So, so maybe not, maybe not the punt you're looking for there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's doable. I mean, if you have nothing left to, to give, then go for it. But uh, if, if you can come up with a couple hundred extra bucks, I'd move up to someone else. There you go, guys. We did it. If you're still in on the show, we appreciate you sticking around the whole time. Hit subscribe. We do a show every Thursday. We do giveaways every time we hit milestones. We just gave away a Javonta Williams jersey last night on our show, on our Wednesday show. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you have about 20 minutes left until kickoff, so get those lineups set. John, thank you so much. What a wonderful show. Thank you for getting off of work and coming here and joining us. Tell everybody where they can find your work. Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, at underscore, or at John underscore Hesterman. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, all my Dynasty content is on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, known as DLF in the business. And my uh, uh DFS weekly stacking article can be found on Fantasy Pros, and I also am an expert ranker on Fantasy Pros as well. My man, Kira, parting words for the people. Yeah, that's a nice resume. But yeah, uh, yeah guys, I mean, of course, you know, we're going to have uh, – I want you to do yourself a favor. Somebody said this, and this made me laugh, uh, that about Mike White, that he literally looks like your creative player on Madden. So Google, <laughs> Google what Mike White looks like, and then, like, that's the name you type into. You know, you just kind of – that's the first generic. thing that pops up. <laughs> generic, like the most generic ass name, and then the most generic looking guy is is Mike White. Um, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, aside aside from that, of course, you know, cash grab is going to come out Saturday uh, morning. I'm looking forward to writing this one this week. I've got a. I've already got my intro down. You know, I like to have some fun with those, Ryan. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I look forward to everybody uh, reading with me on Saturday morning. Perfect. And she's right. Club Fantasy has so much content for you on our YouTube page right now. You have 20 minutes. Doug just did a video, Oklahoma Doug, breaking down the Thursday night matchup. Him and Josh did a great job with that. In our link, you'll see our partnership with Thrive Fantasy. Uh, we do videos and articles about Thrive. Thrive just this week is upping all of the multipliers in their prop lobby. So I believe I'm going to probably get these wrong. It's four times on two prop bets, seven times on three prop bets and 12 times on four prop bets. It's a great way to make some money. My favorite thing I did last week when I heard the weather was terrible in that San Fran Indianapolis game, I made a three player prop together with both quarterbacks under 200 yards and Jonathan Taylor over 60 yards. That was seven times my money, easiest money I've made ever. So um, if you need any redraft questions every Saturday morning at 11 AM, we go live 11 AM Eastern on our show, start, sit different day. There is no show doc for this show whatsoever. It is strictly answering your questions. The whole show is dedicated to you because we appreciate every one of you guys who follow. Make sure you hit subscribe. We need as many subscribers as we can get so we can give you guys away some more stuff. And don't forget to check out Kira's article on Saturday. It's one of the best articles you can find. All the smart people read it. Why aren't you reading it? Guys, thank you so much. Good luck this week. Enjoy the Thursday night game.